Disclaimer, the views and opinions and content expressed on this podcast is informational only, not a substitute for seeking a medical professional for your medical care and treatment. Well, hello, everyone. This is Shafan Holiday. I am the host of Help Me Holiday podcast. And today I am starting a fourth series uh, on this podcast uh, session called uh, the Gastroenterology System, uh, the GI System for short. And this covers, I'll be covering topics involving different organs within the abdominal cavity. Um, So briefly, what is the abdominal cavity? It's that lower part of your belly where you have your stomach, the pancreas, the kidneys, um, your intestines, the liver. Those uh, structures and the appendix are, uh, and the gallbladder and some other, uh, uh, some other organs are within that. But for the most part, I'll be covering uh, conditions involving the esophagus, the liver, the gallbladder, the large intestine, the stomach, the abdominal, uh, the abdomen itself, and the small intestines. So let's start. Uh, basically, uh, the first topic I do want to talk about today will involve a generalized condition that we see oftentimes in the emergency room, and that is abdominal pain. What is abdominal pain? Okay, so abdominal pain is uh, pain in the abdomen or the belly. It is uh, this part of the body between the chest and the genitals, genital area. The pain happens for different reasons. It can be chronic, which means it develops over time, or acute, which means it starts suddenly. It can be mild or severe, and a person may say that the pain is all over their belly and not only one part. So abdominal pain can feel sharp or crampy, dull and steady. Some people may feel better if they curl into a ball, while others need to lie flat and completely still. People can often feel sick to their stomach or wretch or even throw up. Sometimes abdominal pain can be so severe that the person has a hard time moving or breathing. Severe pain can be a medical emergency, and this is why abdominal pain being so broad of a topic needs to be investigated. So please come to the emergency room or at least visit your provider's office. So if he needs to direct you for more uh, extensive treatment, he can send you to the emergency room. So uh, causes of abdominal pain. So there's lots of different things that can cause abdominal pain. Less severe pain can be due to something like a virus or your stomach being inflamed called a condition called gastritis. Acute pain is more severe and it can be caused by problems with one or more organs in the abdomen. The organs that I just uh, mentioned, okay, um, involving the digestive, urinary, or reproductive system. Condition that, conditions that affect organs in the chest or the genital area can also ca- cause pain. So even though these organs aren't in the abdomen, you still may have abdominal pain because of the, the pain going down to the belly area from these other organs. So um, let's uh, review quickly some of the conditions that 
are frequently, we frequently see patients coming into the emergency room for because there's um, inflammation of these uh, particular organs in the abdomen. So like I told you before, the appendix, uh, there's a condition is, it's called appendicitis. Um, and it's a term for when the appendix, which is a long, thin pouch that hangs down from the large intestine, which is uh, your intestine, it gets infected and inflamed. Uh, that's appendicitis. What also can be happening is diverticulitis, which we see a, a lot in the hospital settings. Uh, and it's, we see this more so in older people. Uh, it's a condition where the, there's an infection. It develops in the small pouches that can form in the, in the intestine. So mainly in your small part of your intestine, we may see uh, inflammation and infection happening along these, uh, the pouches with inside of the intestine. Then there's gallstones, which are small stones that form inside an organ called the gallbladder. Uh, the gallbladder stores bile, and that is a fluid that helps keep the body uh, to break down fat. Many people have gallstones that do not cause them any problems, but in some cases, gallstones will cause pain. We see patients coming in through the emergency room quite often with uh, a condition called cholecystitis. So that's an inflammation of the gallbladder. Then there could be abscesses. And what is an abscess? It's a collection of pus from an infection. So abscesses can form anywhere in the stomach or the abdomen, but they typically happen near the intestine. Then there's kidney stones. Um, these stones develop form from salts and minerals uh, that are normally in the urine. They build up and they become hard. They can cause pain when they pass through the ureters, which is a connection from the, your kidneys to the bladder. It's a tube that connects uh, the kidneys to the bladder and it carries urine from the kidneys to the bladder. So these kidney stones travel. They can travel through that, that ureter. Then there's bowel perforation. Uh, this is a hole in the, the, the intestinal wall. Then you can have a perforated ulcer. This is a hole in the wall of the stomach or the intestine. You can have a condition called pancreatitis when the pancreas gets inflamed for whatever reason. You can have a ruptured cyst on the ovary if you're a female. Um, cysts uh, in the ovaries are fluid-filled sacs, and they sometimes break or, or open or rupture, when, and they cause very, uh, a lot of pain for the woman. And a woman can also have a pregnancy that's not in the right place where the development of the, uh, the fetus isn't uh, growing in the right place. It's growing outside of the, Europe, uh, the uterus, and this can cause an atopic pregnancy. This happens... Um, in one of the fallopian tubes. This is where the uh, egg actually implants itself. Uh, and the fallopian tubes are tubes that connect the ovaries to the uterus. So this can cause pain and other symptoms and require urgent and emergent surgery. So the embryo cannot safely develop outside the uterus at all. So any woman that's pregnant and have this type of pregnancy, most times it's, it's gonna be aborted either by the, the, ba uh, the body itself or that person will come into the hospital and uh, the, the procedure will have to be performed. So um, how do we actually kind of uh, assess where, or we can target 
where your your problems are coming from. So without actually doing any test or blood work, we typically will see the patient, we'll ask the questions, your history, um, find out how long the pain has been happening, do you have family history of any of the conditions I just mentioned, or if you've ever been diagnosed. So that's part of the uh, information gathering. Uh, however, depending on where the pain is located, we can kind of pinpoint uh, what may be going on. We can have a high uh, level of um, confidence that this particular organ is the, the problem, okay, without doing any tests. So what do we do um, and how do we come about that? Well, we as uh, pr uh, healthcare um, providers, when we uh, – did our uh, when we went to, to, to class and we studied uh, the location of the abdomen and we learned about uh, these conditions we also had to break up the stomach into four par parts and so that's what we look at we look at the abdomen in four different areas the right upper area the left upper area the right lower area the left lower area and depending on those areas we know organs are pretty much located in the abdomen around those, uh, they centered around those areas and we can kind of determine where what's causing the pain when we know the area that the pain is coming from. So for instance, um, when we see patients coming in through the hospital that have upper abdominal pain, uh, these uh, that's in the right upper quadrant, the epigastric quadrant or the left upper quadrant uh, area we start suspecting problems with your gallbladder or your liver. So if it's in the right upper part of your abdomen, we're looking at problems with the gallbladder. So once again, we're thinking about gallstones, uh, which we, we briefly just talked about. Um, the symptoms from gallstones can be very, very intense. And uh, the, it, it, the, it's very uh, in the right upper quadrant of the, the belly. And this pain can start abruptly. Most of the patients who are complaining of having gallstone pain is having nausea, they're vomiting, they have a condition called diuresis, uh, I'm sorry, diaphoresis, which is basically sweating a lot. The pain generally lasts at least 30 minutes and uh, it can uh, plateau within the hour. Most of the patients have um, abdominal, we can do an abdominal examination on them it's pretty unremarkable. However, because of the location of the pain, we can pretty much uh, think of the gallbladder being the culprit. Um, also, um, with this particular pain, uh, we, you know, if we see patients um, complaining about uh, that type of pain, we also can believe that the, the gallbladder can be infected also or there can be an inflammation going on. So not necessarily a gallstone is the problem, but it could be an inflammation causing it, um, which is more associated with fevers. So if we see this patient having fevers and also like guarding their belly where they're holding it tight, you can't even touch it. Um, some of the blood work shows that it's an active infection. We're thinking that the gallbladder might have an infection may be infected. Uh, there's also another possibility that's going on with the gallbladder. It could also have a, uh, where the stones actually get caught or impacted. They, they can get impacted or stuck in the ducts 
that connects to the uh, the gallbladder to be able to drain that bile out. So it can be uh, those stones can block it up, and that could be a condition called we call acute cholangitis. So with that, we see some of the same typical problems: the fever. However, the skin may turn a little yellow, jaundice, and they may have abdominal pain. Um, and we look at uh, a classic, you know, picture. If that patient have fever, they have the jaundice and the abdominal pain. We thinking that it's um, the there's, there's an impaction from the uh, in the bowel ducts, which are causing um, or the hepatic ducts that's causing this pain. Um, so we kind of put our attention to it be that being the problem uh, from from stones blocking it. Um, what else could happen? Like I said before, you can have a problem with your liver. So we're thinking about hepatitis as well. So if that person is, uh, we suspecting that it's the liver that's the problem, we will uh, check the person for hepatitis. Uh, sometimes um, hepatitis A, a condition that causes um, an inflammation from the liver, after drinking, you know, contaminated food or, or water um, or being around contaminated or, uh, 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 products, you can actually, um, ingesting that, you can actually cause the, uh, the, the liver to get infected with hepatitis A. Uh, also from alcohol, we have patients that drink a lot. If they come in and they drink, they've had so, so much alcohol in their system, it can actually cause the liver to inflame. Medications can also cause the liver to have problems also. So uh, we uh, see the patients coming in. They may be tired. They may complain of a lot of fatigue, uh, malaise, nausea, vomiting. Um, sometimes they have no appetite, so they become anorexic. Um, and the pain is actually in the right upper quadrant as well. Um, other symptoms include maybe dark urine, uh, the skin has turned dark with jaundice, and they may have light colored stools. So, uh, but we pretty much diagnose this after doing blood work. We will see um, that the and we will test the patient to see if they have hepatitis, if that's the culprit, or we'll send the uh, urine in the blood for alcohol levels to see if you uh, ha have high ethanol levels in your system. Um, and also, we would uh, check uh, with uh, studies, uh, all kind of uh, imaging studies, to give us that verification. What else can be happening with the liver? The liver can also have an abscess on it, um, and that can also cause the patient to have, uh, our patients maybe having fever, abdominal pain. Um, if this is the, the case, once again, so we'll, we'll actually see this with um, imaging studies. Um, with epigastric pain that's unrelated to the gallbladder or the liver, we start to uh, think about the pancreas as well or conditions associated within the stomach. And sometimes you can have conditions that's not related to any of those organs uh, in that area of the body. Uh, in particular, we have patients who, who are actually having a heart attack who can be saying, who will say that they're having a abdominal pain when in fact it's actually not anything happening in the abdomen, it's in your chest wall 
and the pain is going down into the upper part of your abdomen, making you feel like it's you having stomach pain. So that's why when you're having abdominal pain, it's very important to have that um, investigated to see if that's the case. Because if you are having a, an acute myocardial infarction, which we covered in the cardiac lecture, uh, you will come in to the hospital sometimes saying that you got pain in your belly, epigastric pain, and uh, you have shortness of breath. So with most of the abdominal pain that you're having, if it's one of the organs that's in the belly, most times you're not coming in because you're short of breath. It's specific to that area. It has to do with nausea and vomiting, but with a heart attack, you're going to be short of breath. Uh, you're going to say that pain may be going to the back of your shoulder. Uh, you're, uh, you can't hardly breathe. You need oxygen. You need If you put, have an aspirin, put it under your tongue or even take nitroglycerin. That'll help alleviate the pain. Whereas with uh, abdominal pain, those are not things that's going to help you if you're having a heart attack. Okay? So that's the difference. Pancreatitis, like I said before, that's another organ that's up in the, uh, that we know that's up in that quadrant of your abdomen. Um, and with the pancreas, you can have both acute and chronic pancreatitis associated with abdominal pain that often radiates to the back or the pain travels to the back. Most patients with acute pancreatitis have acute onset of persistent severe gastric epigastric pain, meaning that the pain started to happen very fast. That's what we call acute pancreatitis but it's persistent and it's very severe in the um, upper part of your abdomen the pain is steady and it may be in the mid epigastrum area to the right upper quadrant it may be diffuse meaning it goes across the belly and is confined to basically the maybe the left side um, two primary clinical uh, features of chronic pancreatitis um, is that the pain is typically in the epigastric area and it's associated with nausea, vomiting, and it's partial, partially relieved by sitting up and leaning forward. So uh, that's something that we see quite often with people who have this pancreatitis as a chronic condition. The ones who have it suddenly, um, the symptoms aren't relieved in that way. But for people who have chronic pancreatitis, meaning chronic inflammation of the pancreas, uh, these are some of the things that they can do to help relieve the pain. Um, there's a condition called pe peptic ulcer disease, where in the upper abdominal, there's upper abdominal pain or discomfort, um, and it's most prominent in, uh, in the upper part of your abdomen. And we see a lot of patients that have peptic ulcers or ulcerations in the uh, part of the in, in part of your stomach that's causing this problem. Um, this this problem can basically be on um, one side of the belly and causes pain in that area. But most times it's from an ulcer. Uh, there's a condition called gas gastroesophageal reflux disease. Uh, which we call GERD for short, we'll see uh, most of our patients come into the hospital as well where they have in, um, this complaint of heartburn, regurgitation, uh, dysphagia where it's, you know, uh, difficult to eat or hold down food. Some of the patients may, may complain of epigastric pain or even chest pain with GERD. So, uh, but this is something that we see quite often 
uh, patients are coming into the hospital for. Then, as I said before, gastritis is um, basically infl inflammation and irritation of the stomach lining. So we see patients come in a lot with gastritis as well. And once again, it's from an inflammatory process because of some type of infection or irritation that's causing the stomach to be irritated, the lining of the stomach. Um, with uh, gastritis, the patients will say they have an abdominal pain, discomfort, they may have heartburn, nausea, vomiting, and they even may throw up some blood. Um, some of the causes that are kind of common with gastritis or what can cause the inflammation and irritation, people drinking, you know, drinking a lot, alcohol. Also, um, medications, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications. These are like your ibuprofens, your uh, Advil's, those type of over-the-counter medications. You've taken them for a per uh, prolonged period of time. They can become very irritating to the stomach lining. So those are just examples, a couple of examples that can cause gastritis, but it's numerous. Um, also, there's a condition called dyspepsia where uh, the person is feeling full after eating. Uh, they can eat a little bit of food and they feel very uh, satisfied when they can't eat anything else. But they, they, have, they come into the hospital complaining of epigastric pain, burning, um, with no evidence of a problem when we do any type of uh, studies on the, their belly, we can't really find anything. Uh, however, there is, um, they, they, they deal with these symptoms, okay? And uh, it's, it's a condition that basically uh, they, you know, that has to be further investigated to find out why is this happening. Uh, gastroparesis is another condition that we see a lot of patients come in mainly diabetics we will see with this condition they'll say that they have the nausea vomiting abdominal pain um, they feel full after they eat just a little um, they have bloating and severe cases weight loss but like I said th this is something that we see commonly in diabetics and uh, people that have gastric uh, bypass surgery they will have problems with just the uh, uh, the stomach being sluggish. That's the, the best way to think of gastroparesis. It's a sluggish stomach um, where it uh, has a, a slowing of uh, digestion where it's not pushing the, f the food down and passing it down fast enough. So the person is always having these uh, symptoms of bloating and, 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 and thus such, uh, such and thus. So uh, next we have uh, problems in the left upper quadrant uh, of the belly. And uh, we see this is oftentimes related to your spleen. So we're thinking that it's your spleen that's maybe enlarged. Um, and, you know, some of the people who have problems with an enlarged spleen, they may have just pain to that left upper quadrant upper side of their bodies and they may say the pain even goes to their up to the left shoulder they may feel like after they eat they get full fast as well so some you know we're thinking this may be problems of in the spleen uh the spleen can also have caused an infarction which is something that is severe if a person if that pain is severe on the left side 
and it's in that upper quadrant area, this is something that we could be thinking of as well. There's an infarction um, of the spleen, and the, these are, this isn't very common, but if it is detected, it's, uh, most times it's because of underlying problems with the patient having problems with uh, uh, clotted, blood clotting properties. Uh, they may have some type of uh, blood clots that may have uh, been prominent from a condition called atrial fibrillation um, and other things that could have caused the spleen to infarct. There could be an abscess on your spleen, which is typically uncommon, but if it is there, it can cause a fever, pain to the left of a quadrant. You could have tenderness of the spleen, and the spleen can even rupture, which this is a medical emergency. And this, these type of conditions, if the spleen rupture, most times this patient has been in a some, something traumatic, a car accident, an injury that caused uh, trauma to that part of their body, and it, and it actually caused uh, the spleen to rupture. So moving down to the lower part of the abdomen. So when we see patients coming in saying that they have abdominal pain in the lower part of their stomach, whether it's the left or the right side, uh, there's a host of uh, problems that and conditions that we can be thinking of as well. So typically on, in the lower part of your abdomen, you got your appendix. So we automatically thinking, hey, it may be your appendix that's the problem. If you do have an acute appendicitis, what typically happens is that you're going you're gonna to have pain around the upper part of your umbilical area. So you'll have pain around that area. It may even radiate to the right lower quadrant of your, uh, the right lower side of your belly. You may have um, nausea, vomiting, some anorexia where you're not eating. Occasionally, people uh, have a pain in the, uh, the upper part of their abdomen, but it's typically around the umbilical cord area. Uh, so I shouldn't say cord, but um, <laughs> umbilical area. So anyway, the pain, um, this, this involves uh, imaging studies. We do have to ultimately have a, a CAT scan of the belly to see uh, if that appendix is inflamed. And if it is, you know, we definitely can either treat you with antibiotics or, you know, if it's uh, extreme, you will have to go to surgery. Then also in the lower part of your abdomen are the intestines. So you can have that condition I talked about before, diverticulitis. We see that in a lot of our older people uh, older age, when I say older, maybe 50 and above, okay? So um, the severity, the, 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 the amount of pain depends on if, you know, uh, the intestines are inflamed at the time and how, how bad is the inflammation. So the pain is basically to the left lower quadrant, and most, uh, most of the people who complain is in their left lower part of their body. For right-sided people, um, for, for diverticulitis on the right side, uh, we, we, they're coming in with the same conditions. You know, whether it's the right side or the left side uh, of the lower part of the abdomen, we still know it's in the intestines, okay? So uh, the pain can, you know, it can be ongoing. Um, it can be uh, self-limiting. But uh, once we do imaging studies, we will see that it is a problem with your intestines being inflamed. Then we're thinking about the kidneys. 
the kidneys are um, situated towards the uh, lower part of, you know, to the back area. So when we looking at uh, the kidneys or people are saying, hey, I'm having pain, a lot of pain in my back area, we're thinking about the kidneys. So because of the location of the kidneys. So a lot of times if it's a kidney stone, the patients uh, will say, hey, uh, it's the pain goes from sometimes mild to severe. They also may have pain, flank pain in the lower parts of the, uh, the belly. They may have it in the back, but whatever the pain is, depending on the size of that stone, it could be mild to severe, depending on how, and if the stone is trying to pass through from the kidney to the, into the bladder, that, that stone moving from one area to another in itself will cause a lot of pain. So we see a lot of patients coming into the hospital because of kidney stones and the pain from it. Pyelonephritis is actually a condition um, where the patients may or may not have uh, symptoms of cystitis, meaning uh, inflammation of the bladder where we see the patients complaining of uh, difficulty urinating. They may have pain when they urinate. They may be peeing a lot or urinating a lot. They may have urgency. They may even have blood in their urine. But with pyelonephritis, you may have the symptoms that where the, um, the kidneys are inflamed or uh, infected along with the bladder or it's just the, the kidneys being inf uh, inflamed and not the bladder. So either way, most of the patients, they'll come in complaining of fever, chills, flank pain, um, tenderness around their uh, the lower part of their rib cage. Uh, we think that, that this is an infection happening in the kidney area, okay? So if it's a cystitis, once again, you'll see the patients, they'll complain of burning when they urinate. Uh, the, the urine may be a different color. It may be yellow. Uh, it may be red. It may smell. It, ha it may have an odor. They may pee a lot. So we know this is an infection in the bladder, okay? So um, uh, another condition is uh, where we have patients that have uh, retention of urine where they're not able to uh, actually, um, they're having difficulty passing the urine from out of the uh, bladder. Uh, but these are causes, uh, they can cause abdominal pain as well. Uh, not so much that it's a, it's a problem with uh, an organ located in the abdomen, but the kidneys are in the abdominal uh, cavity. So these are just conditions that we see with people who may have problems with the kidney that may be causing abdominal pain, okay? Not being able to get urine out of your bladder will cause abdominal pain. And we it's very obvious when we're doing our assessment um, as healthcare providers, we'll see that the belly is a little distended. We can press down on it. We can e even do what's called a bladder scan, and we'll see how much urine is sitting in the bladder. And we know this is the reason why you can't urinate. And most times we'll have to put a Foley catheter in the uh, person so that they can be able to urinate. And we're putting it into your bladder, um, into your uh, uh yeah, we're, we're, we're putting it in so that you can be able to get rid of the urine uh, to help with the abdominal pain. 
You can also have a condition called infectious colitis, where um, in the intestine um, there's uh, an infection happening from an organism. So typically the patient will come in with a lot of diarrhea, a lot of crampiness, pain. They saying this is a lot of it's sharp pain in the belly, um, and the organisms that's very notorious notorious for infectious colitis is a, a, a bacteria called uh, Clostridium difficile. This particular uh, infection will actually uh, cause inflammation and irritation to the intestinal wall and therefore the patients will come in saying that they having a lot of diarrhea uh, they can't eat you know um, it's they they hunched over in pain and this is the culprit so we have to actually send the uh, diarrhea off or the stool off to be tested and if it comes back with that um, bacteria C. difficile we will go ahead and start treatment okay um, there are other um, other conditions that can cause um, abdominal pain uh, that's not specific to any of the organs within the uh, abdomen however um, for the most part they may be uh, associated with underlying uh, uh, disease well or underlying conditions uh, that a person may have had uh, that they've been diagnosed with such as a, a condition called ulcerative colitis uh, with ulcerative colitis we can see that most of these patients have been diagnosed with this uh, condition by a gastroenterologist. They either have ulcerative colitis or they have Crohn's disease, which is basically something that's been, um, they've been diagnosed with this after having um, problems with fatigue, prolonged diarrhea, abdominal pain, weight loss, fevers, with or without bleeding. Um, they've been diagnosed and have been um, treated in the past and they've had these symptoms happening for many years uh, prior to diagnosis. The same is with uh, ulcerative colitis. Uh, they ha the, these patients actually have diarrhea, which may be associated with blood. Uh, they have bowel movements that are frequent, is small in volume, and as a result, uh, and, and resulting in rectal inflammation. They also can have um, problems with colicky abdominal pain, uh, your urgency, uh, incontinence. We see that a lot. Uh, but these are what we call, um, all of these are up under an, um, an umbrella called inflammatory bowel disease, uh, which is uh, two major disorders of the intestines uh, that I just described to you. UC, which is ulcer ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. So these are conditions uh, that are associated with a number of different um, uh, manifestations with people who have underlying bowel disease and uh, this isn't something that is uh, you know this is something that this person has dealt with for numerous and many many years so uh, this is a, a chronic condition something that will 
constantly keep them in the hospital because of ab abdominal pain. But once again, these are conditions that and disorders that they they have dealing with their intestines. Um, there's also uh, viruses that can cause uh, disruptions in the uh, abdominal wall. Uh, there's a condition called viral gastroenteritis, uh, which we see a lot of patients may come in because uh, they have um, a particular virus has upset uh, the, in the stomach lining. So we'll see them coming in with nausea, vomiting, abdominal pain. Uh, and most times it's just self-resolving. You know, we tell the people to just say, just drink a lot of fluids, stay hydrated, uh, but it will pass. The diarrhea will get better. There's also um, um, obstructions that can happen. Uh, if a person have a sm small bowel obstruction, they can complain of abdominal pain uh, because for some reason, uh, the intestine got some some type of blockage, so that's the kind of stuff we have to look up, look into. Uh, there could be underlying cancer happening. It could be some type of malignancy. That kind of uh, these kind of conditions we find out after patients are taken for um, uh, um, colonoscopies or uh, endoscopies where the gastroenterologists have to actually put a scope down either the throat into the um, upper half of the uh, stomach area um, into the intestines, uh, the upper portion of the intestines, or they have to go through the rectum and take a scope doing a colonoscopy to look at the um, large intestines that way. So once they are able to look, they will be able to see if there's any type of disease portion or any kind of um, any kind of uh, uh, tissue that may look abnormal. They take a biopsy, a, a piece of that tissue, they send it for biopsy. Um, they look up under the slide and get a diagnosis. If it is cancerous, uh, which can cause a lot of these uh, problems with uh, stomach pain, uh, stomach ulcers, uh, intestinal pain, intestinal ulcers, colon cancer, all of these things are caused from malignancy. So the gastrointestinal, I'm sorry, gastrointestinal malignancies are associated with abdominal pain as well. So you got colorectal cancer, which are which is in the in the colon area, the large intestine, but towards the part of your rectum where there may be pain in your abdomen. However, you may have pain in your rectum as well. And this is, uh, the pain is being caused from partial obstruction um, or peritoneal dissemination or perforation because of a cancerous tumor. You can also have gastric cancer, which is uh, cancer being, you know, developing in the stomach area. And this may cause you to have abdominal pain and often the pain is in the epigastric area or the upper part of your stomach. Or if you have, you can have pancreatic cancer, which is um, also cancer in the pancreas. And most of those patients are having pain in the uh, epigastric area. They have the jaundice, they have the weight loss. Um, once again, when we do uh, studies with CAT scans, MRIs, we actually see 
the tumors, we biopsy them, and then we send them um, for pathology where we, they, they look to see if there's cancerous cells, and if they are, uh, we have these patients referred to the oncologist and, um, you know, to see what are the options, what options are uh, going to be placed for their treatment. Um, with, uh, there's a condition with diabetics called ketoacidosis that will cause them to have abdominal pain. Uh, if uh, they have uh, uh, blood glucose levels being um, excessively high, uh, they can also come to the hospital because of abdominal pain. So we'll see them coming in with uh, high blood glucose levels, nausea, vomiting, and as such. Uh, we have patients that have, um, they can have foodborne diseases uh, where they come into the hospital, they have had some, once again, some contaminated food or whatever, um, and they will come in with nausea, vomiting, fever, abdominal pain, diarrhea, uh, and uh, most times this is self-limiting once again, once uh, this bad food gets out of the system within 24 to 48 hours, they can actually start feeling better. Um, constipation can cause abdominal pain if a person's not um, having uh, bowel movements um, on a regular routine basis. We can see them coming in with abdominal pain. Uh, people who are lactose intolerant that's having problems with uh, dairy products they'll often complain of bloating, uh, a lot of uh, flatulence, which is gas, and diarrhea. They'll say they're having abdominal pain and it's crampy in nature um, and it's localized to one area. So what do we tell them? You know, try to uh, take products that's lactose-free. Um, for the most part, I covered a lot of conditions that are uh, um, a lot of conditions that are uh, situated in, you know, uh, are causes, underlying causes to why people are having abdominal pain. Um, once again, we do your, we have to do a lot of uh, information gathering, history physicals, do an examination. Uh, once we do that, we do have blood tests drawn, we do urine samples, we do x-rays, we also send patients for ultrasounds of the abdomen, we do CAT scans and other imaging just to see what these pictures look like on the inside of the ab abdominal cavity so we can pinpoint exactly uh, what it is and which organ is being affected. But once again, based on your location, we already have a general idea of what the problem is. And how do we treat this broad topic of abdominal pain? We first find out what's causing it. So that's always the, uh, that's always the uh, priority. Find out what's the problem and then we treat it. Um, so sometimes we can give fluids if it's something uh, as simple as the, the patient uh, was having a gastritis where they had an inflammation or even in, um, an infectious moment, we can put them on IV antibiotics, IV fluids, 
We give pain medications, that, of course, especially for patients who have chronic conditions, such as I spoke about with irritable bowel syndrome, where they're having ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, those type of patients will need pain medications. And patients who have some type of malignancies happening, they will need pain medicines. Then, like I said before, if uh, the abdominal pain has been triggered because of some type of infection, where we need to treat you with IV antibiotics, we'll give that. We can give other medications, and sometimes we have to resort uh, resort to surgery. So uh, the, these are um, the. This is what we do when we have patients come into the hospital because of abdominal pain, and this is the workup that we do. Hopefully, uh, if you have had or you know of anyone who has been struggling with uh, chronic ongoing abdominal pain, you can definitely let them know uh, to please be uh, worked up for it because it could be something more insidious and not just um, you having maybe uh, a, a temporary problem. This could be something more insidious that needs to be evaluated. Um, and treat it. So thank you again for joining me. I appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll continue this series where I will cover more of these uh, conditions in depth. Thank you and have a really wonderful day. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Help Me Holiday on our social media platform or email me with questions at helpmeholiday at gmail.com.